Hello again, everybody. I am Tim Muma, and thanks for checking out localjobnetwork.com radio, the place for experts in the world of employment and careers. On this particular podcast, Employment Notebook, we discuss the important and often common subjects that arise in the workplace. Clearly, that includes employee performance, whether it's your own or perhaps a direct report or even your manager. Now, the question, though, often comes up, who should be blamed for poor performance by an employee? Our guest today, PhD Tina Hallis, tries to break that down for us. Tina is the founder of The Positive Edge, and she brings with her a wealth of experience today. Tina, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. It's a subject, as I mentioned, that is clearly a part of what goes on in the workplace. Before we get into the details of that, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just fill the listeners in a little bit about uh, what you do over at The Positive Edge. Great. Thank you. Yes, I am. I work with organizations and people to help them be more positive, and this helps maximize potential so that people can really be at their best, their most uh, highest performance, and have sustainable success. I do this through workshops, presentations, keynotes. So it's really trying to get out there and making people aware that, um, you know, we spend a lot of time at work, so let's make it a good place to be. (laughs) The mental side of the game, if you will, I guess. Exactly. Well, that does bring us into this, uh, this idea, this subject of uh, you know, poor performance, or I guess performance in general, and who's to blame when things do go wrong. I guess my first question that pops up is, does someone need to take blame or responsibility when things go bad? Ah, what a, what a great question. I, I like the word responsibility much better than blame, although blame is kind of gets our attention more, right? True, true. Yes, but responsibility. And I think that it's so easy as, as human beings, we always want to put the responsibility on somebody else when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. More happy to take it when things go right. And so, yeah, when there's, when there's a problem, to look around and say, well, you know, the point is to fix this. The point is not to blame people. But where do we start looking to fix this? Where could the issues be? Mm-hmm. Why do you then see this as being important, though, to take that responsibility? How does that start the process? Or how does that maybe help, as you said, find that that problem and fix it, or, or maybe in some way reshape the, the thinking as obviously you focus on that side of it. Right. I think so often at work, um, when there's poor performance, especially with an employee, the employee, of course, is going to be looking at it and saying, well, it's, it's my boss. I just can't do my best under them, or it's the company. The culture here is, is not helping me be successful. Whereas if you're the manager of the company, you're looking at this person going, okay, they're just not trying. They're not a good fit. They're not a good employee. And yet, if you dig deeper into it, a lot of times, it's a little bit more complex. It's a shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. Is that person in the best position that helps accentuate and takes advantage of their strengths? Are they being supported and encouraged? Do they have a manager that understands what their strengths are and how to help them perform at their very best? And then from an employee standpoint, not only looking around and who can you blame for for not enjoying your work (laughs) or or having a bad attitude, but taking that onto yourself and saying, okay, how can I improve my attitude about my work? How can I find more meaning and purpose and value in what I do? And how can I come at this with just a more positive mindset? Because our brains love to focus on the negative. And when something starts bugging us, when there's, you know, whether it's a project or a boss or a colleague, you know, we can focus in on that. And pretty soon that's all we notice. And it drives us crazy. Hmm. 
That's very interesting. I mean, I think I think everybody, uh, as you say that, can relate to that. I don't know that they understand that that is a, a common issue for individuals. How do you rearrange that thinking then? How do you try to be positive if you are just that sort of general employee, which obviously most people are, um, where they have managers and, and people above them? Where does that positive energy come from? Where does that attitude shift come from? What What kind of tips could you offer up? Take a step back. I think, first of all, organizations, companies can recognize that they can invest in the well-being of their employees by helping make these you know, tips that I'm going to mention available to their employees, bringing them in, having books available, workshops. But it's also the employee, of course, themselves can take responsibility and go out and seek and look for that information. First, you have to even know that it's out there. And I think one of the most important things that people don't even realize is that our brains naturally are going to focus dwell on and anticipate all the bad stuff around this, mm-hmm. our job, our world, our life. And we're wired this way. It's been important in years gone by for our survival so that we could notice danger, so we could anticipate how to survive and stay safe. And even in today's world, you know, we get rewarded for solving problems. We get rewarded for fixing things. And so that's been training our brain to look for what's broken. So pretty soon our brain is so focused on all of the negative, you know, like that person who drives us crazy, that boss who always takes credit for what we do, that that's all that we notice. So just even understanding that can be a huge change, being able to say, look, there I go again, focusing on the things that drive me crazy, focusing on the problems. Let me take a step back and look beyond this and start thinking about what are the good things in my job, in my company. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's literally making a list and and really taking that moment to step back and saying, what is good about working here? And it can be starting with little things, right? Depending on your mindset and how frustrated you are in that moment. Sure. But, you know, how is the commute? How is the, you know, some of your other colleagues? How are the resources you have available? And when we can distract ourselves and realize, you know, there are good things around us, it helps rewire our brain so we can say, yeah, there, there is good around me. And I can spend some time thinking about that instead of just always noticing and remembering the things that drive me crazy. Right. Now, with that said, there are going to be times where there are literal issues, actual things that, that might arise. Maybe it is a, a concern with a manager. How do we not let those things affect us in some way, even if they are maybe holding us back, so to speak? I mean, there might be something actually preventing us from doing well in a a certain situation. Is there a way to avoid that? Do you need to communicate that with, say, your manager if that's an issue? What route would you go in that circumstance? Mm, That's a great point because, yes, there's always problems. There's always issues. And I love this, this message that when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling upset about something, to take a moment and think about what is it specifically that's bugging me? Right. Is it something I can do something about? You know, is it, do I need to go talk to my manager? Do I need to go talk to that colleague? Do I need to, you know, change something about how I'm doing something? So you should look at that sort of that negative mindset and say, okay, what information is here? Hmm. What do I need to learn from this that I need to do something about? And then if it's something where you can't do anything about it, then you need to sort of tell yourself, okay, I have to change the way I look at this. I have to either not focus on it. I either have to decide if it's something that I cannot put up with and it's going to drive me crazy forever, then maybe it's time I should look somewhere else. But I think that most of the time it's those things that we can do something about Mm -hmm. or we can change the way we think about them. Right. 
Another area that uh, in some of the items I've seen from you, you mentioned that a company itself can actually affect performance in a certain way. And, and again, as you've talked about, we can always be looking at what we can do for ourselves and where we can maybe have an, an attitude adjustment. But what are some of those areas where a company can help out or could be a detriment in terms of uh, one's attitude and their performance? I like to look at our experience at work, you know, our, our, all the factors that contribute to that experience that help us be at our very best, that help us maximize our performance, sort of breaking it down into, yeah, there's the company. How well does it communicate? What kinds of policies and procedures does it have in place? Mm-hmm. Is it set up such that it's helping its employees be successful or is it creating roadblocks and making things difficult? With the manager and the, and the leaders, are they people who are supportive and encouraging? Are they there to help remove those roadblocks to help their people be successful? Or are they just focused on their own careers and getting ahead and you know everyone else is just a number to them? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of looking at the whole system. Is it helping people be their very best? Is it helping them be successful? Or some companies, I think, look at their employees and just say, you know, all I want you to do is get the work done. I don't care about your attitude. I don't care about your life. I don't care about you as a person. I just want you to get in there and, and turn that crank. And we're not robots. You know, we, that's not going to get our uh, best performance and our maximum abilities and creativity out of us with that kind of atmosphere. Right. Along those same lines, how much of an impact does it have if someone is maybe unsure of their role or what's expected of them? How much does that affect one's attitude and their performance? Oh, thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's huge, right? To, to have clear expectations, to know what it takes to be successful, what that looks like from the company's point of view is going to be huge in being able to understand, am I spending my time and energy on the right areas? Mm-hmm. Am I adding value and having an impact that not only feels good to me, but also is beneficial to my company and my organization? Am I helping the company move forward with what I do and my role and what I'm focused on. So yes, having clear expectations is key. And of course, then that falls to the manager, but also to the employee, because when things aren't clear, it's to ask those questions, to get clarity, to hold our managers accountable. I do appreciate that you've had a common theme that yes, while things can go wrong, and maybe there are things outside of our control that we do need to take a lot of a responsibility, whether it be literally, physically what we're doing or the, or the mental side. And I think uh, that's something that, that you've been very consistent with. That's why it brings me to the question and something that often pops up when problems arise is the thought process of an us versus them mentality. How much of that is really at the core of it or how much does that hold back people from being able to maybe get past some of these issues of blame or poor performance? I think that is one of the biggest obstacles in many organizations today, I've seen it over and over again, whether it's between groups or departments or different facilities, I feel like, you know, have seen that people, instead of having a common goal and seeing the bigger picture, they're more caught up in their individual, maybe metrics that they're measured against hmm. and not looking at, okay, how can we all move forward? What decisions can we make that are the best for everybody? I think in almost every aspect of whether it's specific roles and metrics at work, or even in our own lives, it's stepping back and saying, okay, what is the big picture here? What are we ultimately trying to do? And I think that's where when you have a good leader, good managers who can convey the leader's vision, the mission and vision of that company consistently and over and over again in every aspect of their work, then it's 
then it's much easier to remember and to stay focused on that. Sure. Well, Tina, again, I think you brought with you some great points and some ideas and just really the mental side that we talked about um, being such a focus. But I wanted to give you the floor here as we look to close out. Any last points you want to bring up, any last pieces of advice that you'd want to leave our listeners with in terms of the idea of, again, blame slash responsibility, uh, one's performance, and, and again, that mental side that seems to be so important. Anything you want to leave us with today? I guess a couple of things. One is there's some great statistics out there from uh, like the Gallup Institute and others where they're estimating that just negativity in the workplace is costing companies upwards of $500 billion in the U.S. every year. Wow. I mean, it is phenomenal. And that's just in lost production. That's not sick days. You know, it's, so it's very, this is very real. This is costing organizations lots and lots of money when they don't address this, you know, the issue of performance and attitudes. So I want to, you know, emphasize that this is not just a fuzzy and tangible thing. We're talking bottom line dollars here. The other thing I want to make sure people remember is that, you know, we're all different. We all have different levels of positivity and attitude, but we can all become more positive. We can all increase our ability to stay upbeat, to be resilient, to um, you know, handle life stresses better. And when we find tools and strategies that we can practice and apply, instead of just saying, oh, I'm a victim, I can't help it, I'm, you know, my brain's negative and, and I just think negatively, but to take you know, sort of that active role and, and take that responsibility and find ways that work for you, you know, each of us are different, that help us stay upbeat and positive, not only you know, is your organization more successful because you're, you're bringing your best to work, but life is so much more enjoyable overall. I think that's a great place for us to wrap up this episode of Employment Notebook. Again, we've been speaking today with Tina Hallis. She is the founder of The Positive Edge. And we've been talking about that positivity, that attitude adjustment that maybe a lot of us need to look into. And as Tina mentioned, it's not only sort of this uh, theory-based idea, but there are a lot of tangible points of, of evidence that would say this is important. Tina, thanks again for coming on, taking some time and, and sharing some of these details with us. We do appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much, Tim. And of course, as always, if you're looking to get in touch with us, maybe you have a topic you're interested in hearing about, go ahead and shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter at the LJN and use the hashtag LJNRadio to get more involved in the conversation. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>